We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to PerpetualChessPod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We are here for a year in review edition, and we are joined by a longtime friend of the pod. He is an award-winning editor, journalist, and host of the Cover Stories with Chess Life podcast. He is here to help us discuss the top stories of 2022, as well as to catch us up on anything new with U.S. chess, his chess study efforts, my chess study efforts. So this will be coming out the last week of December. So good time to look back, look forward, assess chess, and welcome, John Hartman, back to the pod. Welcome, John. Hey, hey, hey. Great to see everybody. Yeah, thanks for joining us, as always. Always good to get your insights. And yeah, it just felt like a good time for reflection. Um, it's been a crazy year in chess. One of the things that strikes me as I compare it to other years, especially the six years I've been doing this podcast, 
is this year more than any other strikes me as one where the biggest news was definitely away from the chessboard. Can you think of any other like landmark events away from the chessboard in prior years, John, that compare to this? It, it's hard to think of anything that really tops this year in terms of, of drama. Um, I mean, you know, you, you could sort of say that, that, you know, Fisher Spassky or, or Kasparov Karpov don't, they don't make as much sense without the background, but yeah, the, the chess did not speak for itself this year. This year it, it sure was, didn't. it was, wow. It was chaos. Yeah. Just, just crazy time to think back on. And I guess the first thing we should do is I just want to provide listeners a quick update on the Hans Niemann Magnus Carlsen story. We'll be discussing the biggest stories of the year. And of course that's the biggest. So we might as well just go through the news items as I was doing on a weekly basis back when it was coming fast and furious. But a few things have happened recently. Um, there were motions to dismiss the case from uh, Hakaru Nakamura, Magnus Carlsen, and Chess.com. I would say that is the biggest story um, in terms of the, the litigation of it all. And I did reach out to Professor David Franklin, who was quite, that was probably the most popular episode of the year when he broke down the case Until for me. now. Uh, exactly, <laughs> on uh, perpetual chess. So... Um, I didn't think that these uh, um, these motions to dismiss warranted me bugging David for an entire another interview, but I did bug him for a statement, and he basically said, ho-hum, it's as expected, um, but I will continue to check in with him um, if there are material changes, as well as other legal experts. I know there are plenty in the chess community. So... That's sort of the major development. And of course, Hans is playing, which I find interesting, as we discussed in um, with uh, David Smerdin. To me, it's kind of unfair that the world works this way, but how he performs in tournaments um, may sort of contribute to the narrative that gets written down down the line. Uh, he just completed a tournament in Spain. Were you following uh, Sunway Sitges at all, John? I was. I was, I was following uh, to see how he was doing, but also to see how... Um my uh, my young friend Andy Woodward uh, was doing. Yeah, rising uh, U.S. chess star. The uh, we had a game annotated by him in one of our recent issues, and uh, it. I mean, you know, to be twelve and to already have your your gold pieces thrown at you, game. Yeah. Uh, it that, that it's he's 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 quite a talent. Um, yeah, I, I I was excited. I saw he was going to get to play Ivanchuk, and then I guess Ivanchuk got sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, too too bad he didn't get to do that. But uh, Neiman, yeah, Neiman, uh, I think he took second place because he drew on the he drew on the top board in the last round. Uh, pushes his rating over twenty seven hundred officially. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's out there. He's he's you know showing his bona fides, and uh, I think we're all looking forward to the Rapid and Blitz, which will which will uh, kick off. I, I guess the day this podcast drops, right? Very good. You're too good. Yeah. A bona fides, was that pun intended or no pun intended? I I never try to be punny. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I would say that what's happening with Hans Niemann is he's he's maintaining his level. Uh, he's he's had good tournaments. He's had bad tournaments. The Sunway Sitges where, as, as John alluded to, um, he came in shared second, I believe. Um, it's finishing today, so I'm not sure if he'll finish tied or not. Um, but... He's he's maintaining his level, which to me is pretty oppressive, especially given the maelstrom surrounding him. Um, so uh, we will see. But he doesn't. I'm assuming he's not cheating in these tournaments right now. He's well. You know, th this is the thing that I think is is really important to remember. Um, no one in the chess world, with the possible exception of this Belgian, I am. I'm sure we'll speak. We'll, we'll be speaking about in a moment. Uh, no one in the chess world is under as much scrutiny 
as Hans Niemann. Um, and he is doing what he has done for the last two years, which is play Swisses, play any event he can get. Um, and, and, you know, if he's maintaining his rating, playing Swisses, where he's going to be one of the top-rated players, and he's got all this outside pressure on him, I, I mean, I think that's a success. I, I think that says something about his level of play, that it, it's for real. Um, and, you know, certainly uh, we can expect that there's a lot of anti- uh, anti-cheating mechanisms involved in these tournaments. I'm sure he's under special scrutiny. So I think we can be pretty confident that he's not cheating at the board right now. Either that or he's a total criminal mastermind. And, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to be that skilled in two fields. So I, I doubt it. Um, but yeah, it's... This is the story of the year. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because I think, um, you know, Hans has been sort of... Whatever you may think of him, I, I think he's very good at playing the anti-hero or, uh, you know, for wrestling fans. I mean, he makes an excellent heel. Uh, but whatever you may think of him, he's he's been put in a tough situation this year. You know, to be a young person, what, like 19 years old and to be in public scrutiny like this um, and to have your integrity questioned again and again and again, it, it, it can't be easy. Uh, so, you know, whatever is going on, I, I feel like just the fact that he's keeping his head above water is kind of a victory. Yeah, it's a fair point. Although one also must point out, of course, at least some of the situation of his own making. Um, of course, I've said before, I feel he was singled out in comparison to other online cheaters. Um, but nonetheless, if he had uh, abided by uh, fair play rules and uh, general decorum, uh, he would not be in this situation. Um, so that, that I think does need to be added. But yeah, overall... Of course, as as John alluded to, the other big story to track is with this FIDE World Rapid and Blitz, which for, for newer chess fans, I've mentioned before, um, it's one of my favorite tournaments to track, uh, real life, um, Rapid and Blitz. They, you know, traipse across the world to literally all corners of the world to compete. Um, and this one will feature both Magnus Carlsen and uh, Hans Niemann. I mean, it's a Swiss, so they may or may not play, but it's many rounds. I think it's like the Blitz, I think is like 19 rounds. So there's a good chance they'll end up playing sooner or later. There's also many of the other world's top players playing, including Nakamura himself, who, of course, just had a memorable uh, victory over Magnus. So I think a lot of eyes are going to be on this generally. I always tune in. Um, and I think particularly people are curious if uh, if... Magnus plays Neiman, gets paired against Neiman. Will he show up? What do you think, John? I mean, that's the question. Uh, you know, I I just wrote uh, the. It's not the cover story. I uh, we we put the U.S. Championships on the cover for January, but I, I wrote a piece trying to sum up the Neiman affair uh, for the January issue of Chess Life, and that's the way I ended the story. As I said, look, you know, one of the the big questions I think is going to be what happens when they're paired, because at some point. If it's not at the Rapid and Blitz, at some point, they will be paired again. Um, does Carlson refuse to play him? Does he refuse to shake his hand? Does he uh, try to make an example and beat him over the board? Uh, but I, I think maybe even the bigger question is what happens when Carlson plays another person who he thinks is a cheat? Yeah. Or when, you know, when uh, Nakamura is, is paired with someone who he, he thinks is a cheat. Does do we get to the point where you get to refuse to play someone because you have heard a rumor? Um, I mean, you know, people are already talking about. Uh, I, it might have been in in Sitkis, The um, there was a uh, Israeli player who played G four in the database and won because they were playing an Iranian, 
and Iranians um, are not allowed by their federation to play uh, Israelis. Um, and there was some question about whether there shouldn't be something in the pairings to to make it so that you could be not paired with people from another country or from another team or something like that. You know, if, if we begin to take this, I, I don't want to say witch hunt because again, you know, I mean, Neiman did commit fair play violations at age 12 and age, age 16. Um, now you, you can say, right, he's a kid. He shouldn't have done that. I mean, yeah, and you can take that sort of mitigating stuff into consideration, but at the end of the day, he did cheat. At minimum. We say. At minimum, yeah. yeah. Um, he didn't, there's no evidence he cheated over the board, though, and then really we get to this question of, you know, what's the relationship between private servers and FIDE? Um, should fair play results from one place be transferred to disciplinary hearings from another? And, and what happens when someone decides to take the matter into their own hands and just refuse to play somebody? I, I don't know. Uh, but it's, we're going to see a lot of this in the next few years. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see the way it all sorts itself out. Yeah, it, it will. And, uh, and getting back briefly to the Will Magnus play Hans thing. I mean, I, as I've said on the pod in the past, I think Magnus handled the St. Louis situation poorly. I think refusing to play Hans online uh, was a poor choice. Uh, even if he's 100% convinced that Hans cheated, I just don't think those were the proper ways to address it. And I think I do think it would be another lapse in judgment not to play him uh, IRL now. But I will say that in light of the $100 million lawsuit, to me, I, I would have more of a grievance with Hans if I were Magnus now than I would before all this other stuff. So... Given all that, if they do get paired, my bet would be again he doesn't he doesn't play. But we will see. He really likes these World Rapid and Blitz. He really wants to win. So uh, it'll be interesting do, to see. Do we know if anybody has established a line on this? No. Or yeah, are, I, I I'll I'll set one right here, and, uh, and <laughs> listeners can uh, can hit me up for action. I say seventy five percent. Magnus will not play if he gets paired against uh, Magnus. You taking on the over or the under, John? Um, I, I'm taking the over. I, I, I think at this point it's become a matter of principle for him. And, you know, I mean, Carlson can be petulant. I, mm -hmm. I you know, we, we've seen instances from him where he's been petulant. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking of the, it was at the 20, uh, the 2016 world championship. Um, was it 2016 in New York? And he lost to Karyakin. Yeah. And he just stormed off and, yeah. and, you know, un understandably. Um, but you know, uh, it seems like it's more than that at this point. Like it's, it's become something where this is a very deeply held belief and principle. And, you know, I, I guess we're all going to have to tune in. I mean, it's, it's, it's great for, uh, it's, it's great for publicity. So I, the stream should do gangbusters when, when that game is on. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, it'll be interesting to track. But as John alluded to earlier, there's all these cheating stories bubbling up. And uh, another one that has come to light in recent days, we're recording this on Thursday, December 22nd, is there was a Belgian IM uh, named uh, Doc X. I believe his first name is Stefan. Um, Apparently, who, it's pronounced Docs because I, I did the same thing you did. I saw like the Microsoft Office extension. I was like, uh -huh. Doc X, that's, it's a or weird. Or sounds like a rapper, right? <laughs> oh, ooh, that, that would be, this is <laughs> but, the world we yeah, live in. Apology. It's either a, it's either a computer uh, file extension or a rapper. I mean, yeah. it could either, either way. Sure. Well, yeah, Docs. Okay. I apologize. And we're probably sounding like ignorant Americans at the moment, but, uh, um, it's... but, uh, I am Docs was, 
kicked out of a tournament not for being caught with a smoking gun cheating, although there were some rumors about that, but for being refused to be searched as he entered a tournament hall after widespread suspicions uh, had been percolating apparently over the years, but especially at this tournament. I've got some more details to share, but John, anything to add right here and now? Yeah, so it, it's I did a little reading about this this morning um, because I think this story just broke yesterday. Yeah. Uh, or at least it broke widely. Uh, so this is an IM. He's rated about 2450. He's been relatively consistent in that that ELO zone for the last, let's say, 10 years. Um, you know, he made a big jump at some point from FIDE Master to IM Strength and got a couple GM norms. And I guess that's when some of the questioning began. Um, but if you look at his, you know, if you look at his games, uh, I took a very quick look today. I mean. The, the games that he played in this tournament didn't seem outrageous. I mean, he lost to an 1800 in the first round. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not really sure what the, the exact issue was there, but there are some reports that he was caught red-handed. Yeah. That he was caught with the, the phone in the toilet. Right. Um, so, you know, th- this, this is going to be the next step. Um, and, and for those of us who do over the board organizing on a local level, maybe it's not that big a deal because, you know, we know everybody. And so, you know, we, we have a club here in Omaha, uh, frigid, frigid Omaha where I am right now. And, you know, I remind people to turn their phones off, but I don't make them take their phones off or, you know, I, I don't make them hide their phones or not bring them to the hall. We know who everybody is. If, if somebody has a performance that is crazy, I mean, we usually can tell if that's them having a good tournament or, or, you know, external, uh, vibrations for lack of a better word. Huh. Uh, <laughs> so let me give a bit more context on this specific tournament. Yeah. And then, um, because as you alluded to rumors that maybe he was caught with a phone and that had contributed to the suspicion, but, uh, the organizers have not spoken upon that, but, uh, grandmaster Arthur Kogan, who heads a private, uh, you know, in like approval only Facebook group, um, related to uh, curbing chess cheating. Uh, he's quoted in the article you mentioned by Peter Doggers. Peter, as always, did a, a great job summarizing uh, this story. And, um, and Arthur said, quote, I found some system. There's no coincidence. He was tricking Kenneth Regan for many years. He was, quote, wise cheating. I think he used an engine only sometimes. So that's sort of the allegation. They were saying even, um, again, they were saying, even uh, with regard to the slow start, apparently his motivation is to win prize money. So by starting out slow and then going on a heater, he's not trying to win the tournament. He's trying to win his class prize, uh, allegedly. So these are the sort of allegations. And as John was just alluding to, this is what we're going to be dealing with day in, day out, week in, week out, uh, you know, maybe forever i mean this is and if i don't know if this video is going to go up on youtube or the video of the two of us talking but if 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 it does um you just saw me shake my head a lot yeah (laughs) and 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 the reason i say that is you know when i hear someone say they have figured out the system someone else is using i'm sorry i don't buy it. it 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 reeks to me of the same amateur attempts to prove that Neiman was cheating over the board using sent upon analysis. Like if you're not a statistician um, and you're not a reasonably strong chess player who also does statistics, I, I don't think you really are in a position to say beyond simply your gut feeling that someone is cheating. I, I don't. And, and maybe this is me 
uh, not being a strong enough player or not having studied it enough to to say for sure or to to understand what Kogan is talking about or any of these other people who, you know, uh, was the Fide Master Yosha Iglesias? Is that, I don't yeah. know how you say their name. Um, I, I don't... Like, this is a very serious thing. And if you don't have ironclad proof, you know, then you're liable to be hit with a lawsuit. Like, this, this is where it's going. I can certainly understand this person, um, you know, uh, Docs uh, being kicked out of a tournament for refusing... Uh, for refusing to be wanded with a metal detector. Like, if, if that's the tournament rules and you refuse, I don't care what your reasons are, you're out, right? That's, if you sign up to play, you know what the rules are, you accept the punishment. Um, and it, it certainly is strange, given that also there are reports that, and again, these are reports, I have no idea if this is true or not, but on a, a German website, uh, they say that this person was caught cheating in Lee chess tournaments. Mm. So, you know, there's smoke, but you need more than that to definitively prove that someone is a cheat. And yeah. this is going to be a very serious thing, not for not just for online chess, but you know, for, for over-the-board chess too in the future. We, we have to be yeah. very careful and we have to get this right. I agree. The, the one thing I would add uh, is in regard to, to what you're saying about like um, people combing through Neiman's games, looking for suspicious games, that was ex post facto. That was, this guy's been flagged. Now, now let's go look at everything he's done. Whereas Arthur Kogan, um, the details in, in this Facebook thread, um, and Peter Doggers provides context in this article. He has been suspicious of this guy for, it sounds like 10 years, or at least some people have for 10 years. So, um, it's not just like, you know, torturing the data to come up with the conclusion you want, but a longstanding suspicion that's been building and building. Now, True. that doesn't mean he can't be innocent, but I do think that uh, there's there's maybe um, there's maybe uh, more reason to be suspicious than even there was of Neiman. Um, but you know, I mean, Regan also has said that they have checked this person's games in the past, right? And that there is nothing in the data to indicate over the long term that this person has been cheating. And, and right. you know, again, maybe this gets to the nub of the issue. You know, I mean, maybe Kogan's right. Maybe this person is has worked out something where they only, you know, what, what was it that Delugi uh, said that, you know, all those years ago that basically if you gave him a phone and you gave him access to the engine one or two times a game, he could beat, he, you know, he could beat the best players in the world. Yeah, and I think Anand said it would be worth like 150 points. Right. I mean, you know, maybe it's maybe that's where we're at now. Is that the 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 cheats have gotten so sophisticated that 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 that's the premise they're working on. They don't use it the whole game. They they only consult it when necessary. Um, but you know, if if the data doesn't show it, you know, and and again, you know, Regan is the only is the only statistician who has been approved by FIDE in terms of fair play. Right. I mean, everybody else is an amateur. Uh, so if Regan's data isn't seeing it, the burden of proof still, in my opinion, has not been met. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm certainly I'm glad to have this person kicked out of a tournament if they don't adhere to the rules, to the stated rules. Um, and if there was more to it than that, you know, if, if they were indeed caught red handed, then they should be penalized severely. But if it's just a gut feeling, then it's no better than. And, and again, you know, maybe this is me doing a hot take. This is new. But this is no better than Chess.com retroactively rebanning Neiman because Carlson got a funny vibe during their game. Like that. That that's just not right. Yeah. Um, 
And one other thing on this whole cheating thing, and then we'll move on to other stories. Just one other thing to track. Grandmaster Romain Edouard was on the pod many years ago. Uh, you know, he's been over 2,700, uh, written a great book as well on his years with Topolov um, and calculation books. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he's also raising suspicion, uh, very, very carefully worded suspicion about uh, another cheating incident. He's He was on Facebook and Twitter. What he wrote on Facebook is half of players in Catalonia know about a cheater. Also, an I am over here, but he's protected by important people, despite having been caught at least twice. People were even offered money to stay silent, and I am horrified. I cannot drop his name without evidence in my own hands. Let's see when it's our, our turn to act. I hope his time will come as well. Um, and similar to what you're saying, John, uh, there's still, you know, I don't even know who he's referring to. Um, and, uh, you know, the tournament might be the one we discussed, Sunway Sitges, uh, sort of fits the profile. Um, but again, just emblematic of, uh, what we're going to be dealing with for better or for worse. And uh, yeah. it's, it's ugly. Um, it's, it's um, yeah, this is, you know, I didn't expect that Halloween to be getting questions about Elon Musk tweets and vibrating right. adult toys. I mean, this is, this is not what I want the chess world to be known for. So the sooner we can sort of get a gra- uh, you know, get a grip on it and, um, and move beyond it, or, or at least, you know, come up with some sort of system to deal with it. Uh, I think the happier we're all going to be. Yep. And we will leave it there for now. Um, I, you know, obviously continue to discuss cheating in the in the future. In particular, I think I'd like to chat with uh, Arthur Kogan at some point, uh, hopefully early in 2023, um, because he's, you know, whether one agrees with everything he said or not, he's certainly been out in front of the he's, severity of yeah, this issue. And for, for quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and discuss big story number two, which also recently had some addendums. The merger between uh, chess.com and the play magnus group which is now complete uh so we'll be right back i've been due for an update from our friends at aimchess.com aim chess of course gathers games from the major chess playing sites and gives you actionable intel of what aspects of your game to work on and it helps you work on them uh, i've been working on some new openings in my blitz game it turns out i'm doing pretty decently with those new openings of course i've got to keep them a secret from you guys um but I still have some other things to work on. Time management slightly better, but lots and lots of room to improve. Uh, I also need to work on advantage capitalization and resourcefulness. On the other hand, my end games are doing well and my openings are doing well overall. So if you're looking for that kind of insight, as well as puzzles of tactics that you missed and chances to practice positions you didn't convert, then Try out aimchess.com. If you do so, please use the code PERPETUAL30 at aimchess.com. The link is also in the show description. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back. And again, the second biggest story of the year, you know, related to the first story, also away from the chessboard, of course, chess.com acquired uh, the Play Magnus group, including Chessable, Aim Chess, Chess24, New in Chess Magazine, New in Chess Books. Uh, They've, it's uh, quite um, a 
large acquisition with a lot of ramifications, and now it is official. Uh, as we record this again on Thursday, there was a big show that uh, Danny Wrench did with a variety of guests, uh, some of whom were from the group. Um, I should say, uh, you know, I've had a partnership sponsorship with both chess.com, chessable, aim chess, hope, hope to continue them in the future. But I'm, you know, here to, I'm free to share my opinion. And that's what I, I will do uh, about this, uh, as will John. Uh, John, did you get a chance to catch any of the, uh, the YouTube show uh, going through the changes in the landscape from chess.com? I did. Um, so I, I kind of had a little bit of a heads up on this just because I, I'm an attentive reader. Uh, I was putting the the final touches on my my Neiman piece um, on the 16th or the 17th, and I had seen in some of the paperwork on the Play Magnus website there was an announcement by their uh, the the bank that was handling the advising uh, for the merger that the the merger was done, and so I, I kind of knew this was coming, and I I wasn't really sure what they were going to say yesterday. On the uh, on the live stream on chess.com, but I, I figured this was probably what it was. Um, it's a brave new world, uh, you know. I, I think the competition between chess.com and Play Magnus, but you know, Chess Twenty Four. Uh, I, I think it was great, and I think there were a lot of winners. I think a lot of chess players made a lot of money, um, and I think that's a wonderful thing. I am not sure what a virtual monopoly in the for-profit chess world means for the chess world. Uh, because as you said, there's a lot of elements that are wrapped into this merger. It's not simply that chess.com is taking over Chessable. It's yeah. that New and Chess and Everyman Chess and Aim Chess are all now part of the chess.com family. And it, from what it sounds like, um, the integration of the products is something that they are uh it's already well underway or at least the 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 thinking through of how that's going to work on chess.com's end is already well underway so you know anyone who has heard me talk on this podcast before knows that you know chess books are an enduring love of mine what does this mean for chess books all right well well let's get back to that because yeah. let me go through a couple of the yeah the, the top line sort of takeaways for people who didn't catch the whole broadcast First, uh, number one, the Champions Chess Tour, which of course was um, under the, the umbrella of Chess24 uh, and the Global Chess Championship are combining. Um, a quote from the Chess.com article that was posted is, now the two companies are working together to combine the best features of both competitions. The new event will be massive with a cohesive year-long schedule and the biggest prize fund in online chess history, which will be $2 million. Um, they'll be using the studios in Norway. I, I was a big fan of some of uh, the broadcasts from Chess24 in Norway. Really big fan of the broadcasters. Shout out to David Howell and Yovanka Hauska and um, all, all the others. Um, so they were a bit coy about what's going to happen with all those broadcasters, but they did say they'll be using the studio. Um, uh, Magnus is signed now as a chess.com ambassador, which it sounds like maybe is even sort of layered on top of the deal, which they acquired his company. Um, it sounds like he's going to be playing more title Tuesdays, certainly more chess.com events. Um, the pro chess league, he signed, uh, he signed a deal, but it sounds like he doesn't really want to play. Um, he, he said he's, it basically sounds like he's on retainer with a team and he may or may not deign to show up. Uh, I, I will say for, for any of those who are listening for the pro chess league, if, if you need an absolute bottom board, I'm free. 
just just putting <laughs> I don't it know out if there. I want that stage from for all my blunders. Um, eh, everybody already knows I'm a potzer. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so it'll be uh, so Magnus will be doing a lot more on Chess.com. There's uh, going to be more stuff. Uh, I'm I'm sure we'll get more chances to see him play Hikaru. We should also say Magnus. Uh, they were discussing sort of the speeding up in chess. Obviously, uh, the um, move of chess online and rapid and magnus had a notable quote when it comes to regular chess i feel that classical will probably be phased out a little bit john's going to be shaking his head for this too uh at least at the top level at least that's what i think should happen i think the possibilities for discovering new ideas in the opening especially are somewhat limited and you can see that in faster time controls there's still more than enough scope to play and the game works in a great way obviously that's only at the top level at other levels it doesn't matter as much anyway that's already a lot to uh to discuss yeah uh, there's more news items but let's uh let's stop there with the news and actually discuss i i think the biggest part of this i mean you know aside from the the two tours merging and hopefully being able to coordinate schedules better with existing over the board premium events um the biggest part of this is magnus becoming an ambassador for chess.com yeah and it raises a lot of questions i i think and you know this is um and I, i'm speaking only for myself here i you know i'm not uh but you know towards the end of, of my january article you know i i asked about what happens when one of the largest bodies in chess has a commercial interest in the success of one player. Um, is that a conflict of interest we need to be worried about? You know, is Magnus's desire to, to have faster time controls? I mean, he has justifiable reasons for that. I mean, they're, you know, as much as I love the U.S. Open, uh, the, the, the days of the, the nine, you know, the one-a-day, seven-hour games, those days are gone. They, they don't make sense anymore in today's world for... You know, a, a number of reasons. Um, but that said, you know, if you design a tour that is really around the whims of one person, what does that mean? Uh, and, and when you're making business decisions that, you know, are based upon the, the desires of one person or the thoughts of one person or, you know, again, I mean, to, to say it bluntly, I mean, I, I keep going back to what I saw in St. Louis. Well, you know, I, I was there for the, for the first round and the opening ceremony of the Singfield Cup. Um, you know, Danny Wrench was there, uh, you know, talking to lots of people and glad handing people. And if we read between the lines, he was talking to Neiman and telling him that he was welcome in the global chess tour in the global chess championship. And then three days later, because Carlson didn't like what happened, he's not there. Like Neiman's out. If that's just how you're making business decisions, that, that worries me. Um, so, you know, all this, of course, could be, you know, th this could be just being uh, a big, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure what the word I'm looking for is just being overly concerned and overly sensitive. And um, but, you know, I, I think we're going to have to see how this shakes out, because this is a, you know, it's not accidental. The chess.com first called the global chess championship, a world chess championship. I, I, I think there is reason to believe that their ambitions are very, very big. You don't have a $2 million prize fund without big ambitions and, and thinking that you can make money while giving away $2 million. So, you know, if they can do it, it's great. Um, and, and certainly, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see top players get paid. I, I think Title Tuesday uh, is, is a gold mine uh, for tactics and also for, you know, normal run-of-the-mill masters to get to play the top, uh, the, the top people. It's all great. Um, I just, 
you know, I, I, I want to see how it all shakes out because it's a big deal. I mean, there's no getting around it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, again, this has come up on the pod before. I, I just want to say I agree with you that I didn't like the way they handled the um, the rebanning of Hans Niemann. But I will say in their defense, they they conceded in the report that they issued that they would have handled it differently if given another chance. So I'm you know, and I think I I. Uh, I share your general dislike for Monopoly, so certainly I have reason for concern, but I also know some of the people involved, uh, and I, I do think they have the best interests of chess at heart. It doesn't mean that they do everything perfectly, but uh, but they do want to, to grow the game. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's a lot of change all at once. Yeah, it's just, you know, to me, it's, it's always, and I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, uh, David Pruis here, some sort of you know uh, communist or something. I mean, and I don't think I'm saying. I mean, he's you know he he's in a tough spot because his politics don't you know don't always match up with with some of his personal relationships. But it's hard to serve two masters. I mean, if you have venture capital behind you who are demanding return, and you're trying to grow the game, sometimes those things can come into conflict. And and how they resolve that dilemma, I think, is going to be you know just as important. As, as anything else that happens in the next couple of years for, for the game writ large. Um, so, yeah, it's an exciting time, but, you know, uh, keep your Lee Chess account. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I mean, I love Lee Chess, so definitely keep your Lee Chess account, but I, I don't view things as, uh, as so binary. Um, I think even chess.com, like, you know, Danny mentioned Lee Chess on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, it seems like they're, they're coexisting reasonably, at least uh, right now. And even, uh, even the lawsuit between uh, Chessbase and um, and Leech and uh, Stockfish, um, I'm, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast, but uh, definitely um, link to it in the link fest. Ahem, make sure you're subscribed. <laughs> um, so uh, they they came to a peaceful resolution after Chessbase was using this open source software without uh, giving uh, proper credit. Yeah, and I'm glad to see that because um, you know Chessbase is an indispensable tool. Uh, whatever you may say about the hubris of the company and, and their flouting, or is that a word, flouting? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, flouting of uh, the norms of, of uh, open source software. Um, you know, I mean, there is a reason it is the best tool out there because it, it has features that nobody else does. And so I'm glad to see this lawsuit resolved um, and, and to see Chessbase live to, uh, you know, come out with uh, Chessbase 17, which it, it did recently. Yeah. Um, and one other thing on the merger front, there was what I consider to be good news. I think no one will really object to this. Uh, one other sort of uh, downstream implication is a lot of the biggest chess.com names will be coming out with chessable courses. So Levy Rosman and they alluded to Naroditsky. Um, so that should be fun. Um, um, and uh, they presented it as, and I think this is true, um, the platform of chess.com does uh, give an opportunity for creators across the, the chess food chain to potentially um, derive more income because they'll be serving a, you know, chess.com's massive audience. Uh, although yep. they are going to remain separate sites, uh, chessable and chess.com for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I mean, we could go on for hours. There's, but this is one of those things where it's like you could spend hours, uh, 
you know, pontificating, or you could just say a few things and wait and see what happens. And I'm kind oh, of, Oh, I, I just want to keep talking, Ben. Come on. We, no. <laughs> no, we have to we have, add on this topic before we, no, get I mean, it. It, it's, um, I, I think you've, you know, it, it's, it's a big deal and, and there's no getting around it. And there's a lot of ramifications that we're going to have to see how play out. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm excited to see some of these authors get to work in a different medium, uh, so to speak. And I suspect that they will be very, very popular offerings from Chessable. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, hey, I'm all about chess players making money. So yeah, I, I think oh, that's, and, that's and a good thing. Before we do move on, I did cut you off earlier when you were discussing the implications for books, which uh, this is a proper place to discuss it. So, Well, on. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, I, I hope that we get some new authors. Um, I hope that the books are well edited because, um, you know, there, there have been quite a few books that have come out recently that have not been well edited. And, and I understand that that's me being very particular, but if you stare at chess text all day, you begin to see what is well edited and what's not. Um, so my hope is that quality does not go away um, when, you know, sacrifices have to be made to service debt or something like that. that that's, that's, all, that's all I worry about. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I just always rooting for chess books. Absolutely. <laughs> as, as regular listeners know. Um, all right. We got to take one more break and then we get to actual chess. Although again, everything's interrelated, but we'll, we'll discuss the world championship cycle uh, a bit when we get back. Perpetual Chess is proud to be brought to you in part by our presenting chess education sponsors, Chessable.com. Chessable, of course, uses space repetition to help you remember tactical patterns, opening sequences, whatever aspect of your game that you're working on. And they have a huge library of awesome courses. So whatever it is you want to work on, there's a good chance you can find something to help you on Chessable. Some of their latest includes a lifetime repertoires course on the London from Grandmaster Sahaj Grover and Sarnath Narayanan. Now, I don't want you to play the London personally, but if you're going to do it, then this is a good learning resource. Uh, Grandmaster Alex Cholovich has a new course on Bobby Fischer's Endgames. Of course, uh, the legend R.B. Ramesh's Improve Your Chess Calculation if you really want to challenge yourself. So there's always tons to check out from chessable.com. They have lots of free courses to check out as well. So just be sure to go to Chessable, get a streak going, and see what they have to offer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. And the big story number three actually relates to the chessboard. I think in a normal year, this would have been the biggest story of the year, specifically that Magnus has stepped down from the world championship cycle. But as it is, uh, you know, comes in third to the aforementioned topics. And of course, this means that, uh, as, as has been discussed previously, uh, Nepo and um, Ding Liren will be playing in 2023. It's rumored it will be in Mexico, although I don't believe that that is confirmed. That would be great if it I, is. I think it's a pretty good rumor. Um, okay. Just because if you're reading the tea leaves, you know, if the executive board for FIDE is going to meet in April somewhere and it's Mexico City, and that's also where the world championship is scheduled to be. Okay. 
that that seems pretty logical. Okay, well, that's good news as far as I'm concerned. Out of the Russia, you know, uh, what's the word? Vortex. Um, yes. And not far here from the U.S. I'm sure some American chess fans will uh, will make the trek. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, Magnus sort of made a veiled reference to the world champion's going to be less popular <laughs> next year. And I don't think he's entirely wrong. Um, we should mention the... Um, as chess.com was quick to point out, uh, rightfully so, the uh, the speed chess championship match between um, Hikaru and Magnus had 150,000 plus concurrent viewers. And uh, I am Danny Wrench said that it was the second most viewed chess event across platforms uh, ever, second only to game six, uh, the fabled game six of uh, the Carlson Nepo match. So uh, that suggests strong interest in chess, obviously. We'll talk more about sort of the trajectory of chess later, um, but particularly in, in the speed chess realm. But what do you think, uh, how much interest will there be in this world championship match between two non-defending world champions, Sean? I, I think it depends what audience you're trying to reach. Yeah. Um, if you are trying to reach the Twitch audience, I suspect it will not be as popular as the speed championship. I suspect if you're trying to find a traditional chess audience, um, and you're trying to reach them, that the World Championship will be of significant interest. Because, you know, it's two players who are uh, both excellent. There is perhaps the hint that Napomniachi has taken a step forward, has learned something from his experience in Dubai. Uh, his performance in the candidates was certainly uh, indicative of, of a maturing player. So it could be a very interesting match. And, and you know, if, if publicized properly, having it here in the Western Hemisphere... I think uh, could be uh, could be very very good. So, you know, again, it's this is there's a lot of different people watching chess right now, and and I think one of the things that Chess.com is doing very well is is trying to cater to as many of them as possible. You know, so the the beginner, uh, you know, the 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 children who are just learning. Um, but then also the adult who you know who who remembers Karpov Kasparov and remembers the twenty four game matches, and and likes the drama uh, of the match. I, I think there's something to sell there too. Okay, I hope you're right. I mean, certainly from a chess perspective, I have to admit I find it like handicapping it is more challenging than Magnus against either of them. Um, Absolutely. So it's it's interesting in that regard. For the record, I. I think uh, I, I, I would put, if it were even money, I would bet on Nepo. I do think experience will matter in this case, uh, getting ahead of myself. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting to me how how widely um, how widely watched it'll be, what the prize fund will be. But uh, I kind of agree with Magnus about the overall direction of chess um, that. Uh, you know, and it makes me sad to say this. Um, I would love for Magnus to rejoin the classical cycle um, and continue things as they are, but I'm afraid he's going to well, steer the ship. Um, it, it will still exist, and maybe he'll come back under a modified format. But, um, but I don't know if game. Put it like this: I don't know if Game Six will be eclipsed in interest in a World Championship. Eclipsed in interest in a World Championship match. I, I think it depends on on who who's playing. I mean, if you know, if it's uh, Ferruja against Abi Mishra ten years from now, or if it's you know, if we get an American, if if Fabiano Caruana is playing against uh, Napomniachi next time, I I think there'll be a lot of interest because the, the, there there will be a market there that may not necessarily be there at least. Uh, 
you know, I, I guess China probably will be pretty interested in how Ding does. Uh, and that's a pretty big market too. But uh, I, I think it has a lot to do with the personalities. And, and we have not, you know, so much of the oxygen in the chess world has been sucked up by Magnus in the last 10 years that we haven't really gotten to know some of the other top players in the same way. Um, and, and whether that be because they are, you know, uh, shyer or, or I'm told, I'm actually told Ding is hysterical. Oh, really? uh, but just is just very um, nervous about his English. So, uh, and, you know, he hasn't been helped by the, the difficulties by being uh, a Chinese national in the time of COVID with all the travel restrictions. So, you know, we, we may find out that he, um, he's just a delightful person and, and is very photogenic. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there is something there that we'll learn in April. Um, but either way, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I, I think it'll be, I, I think it'll be good. It'll, it'll be nice to get some new, some new air into the game. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad to have you paint a rosy picture there. And I had not heard that about <laughs> Ding's uh, comedy stylings. So um, that, that's something I'll, uh, I'll be looking out for. Um, and on the topic of China, uh, just a quick update for, for listeners on the Women's World Championship cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, to me at least, uh, we have an all Chinese woman semifinal now. Um, uh, Tan Zhongyi beat uh, Alexandra Goryachkina. Uh, and now we'll be facing uh, GM Li Tingji, as I discussed uh, with Andrea in a recent podcast. Um, so that I believe they haven't announced the details yet on the the world championship, at least. If I do think that they have a venue for the um, the semifinal, do you, are you up on this, John? I've been trying to keep track of it. I, I have to admit, it's been you know the way that they set up the women's candidates to have to avoid Russians playing Ukrainians um, really for me, it took a bit of the wind out of the sails because it was yeah. such a, there was no way to avoid the politics. And I think even the participants were pretty annoyed by the way everything worked out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that uh, I've been keeping my eye on, but I have to admit I, I've not, it's not been a priority uh, just for me to track as heavily, mostly just because it's just been, the subtext has been tough to watch. Yeah, well said. I know Alexander Kostyanyuk, who's of course Russian, but has been outspoken uh, against uh, the war as one should be. Um, she's she's voiced some frustrations about uh, how how the whole thing was organized. Yeah, yeah. So that that's another thing to watch. But I think I mean to me when I thought back about 2022. John and I both, first thing we have to do is look at a calendar and see what happened when, because who even knows? Like, you know, time is a flat circle. Who knows? Oh what my happened God, when. it really is. <laughs> this year has but, been the longest. I mean, it's, it's weird to say that because the last few years have all been long, but I think it's been this, this drip and, and, you know, the, the drips of hope you get. And then, you know, Omicron comes in or, some new variant or, you know, everybody else is getting, and like, I, I don't know, you have kids and I bet a lot of listeners have kids. Like everyone is sick right now. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it, it's been a long year. Um, yeah. I so, agree. but once we pieced it together, I think those are the three big stories. So we're going to catch up with John and definitely uh, but, well, I've, I've got a few, can I, can I kick a few more in just from a sort of, sure, yeah. you know, my beat is really American chess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what happens on the continent, so to speak. Um, I've noticed a few things that I do want to talk about really briefly. Um, there's been a big re- return to over the board chess, which I think is fantastic. Um, you know, COVID is not over. 
especially for our immunocompromised friends, COVID will never be over. But you know, this is also the world we live in where um, people are going to do what they're going to do. So, uh, you know, we had 2,500 people at the K-12, 2,500 participants that blew our last record out of the water. So that's I, the national champion, one of the two big flagship scholastic national championships here in the U.S.? Yep. Uh, so we have a grade, grade championship. So every, every grade from K through 12, uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. 2,500, I think, uh, was our biggest ever. And uh, by all accounts, it was a, a raging success. Um, we've also had a lot of norm events in, in America recently. There are a lot of groups popping up to do norm events. I mean, you, you always have, you know, the, the, the big Swisses, the Goetschberg Swisses, and uh, some of the other people, you know, the, in, in, uh, Al Losoff uh, in Vegas. But we've had a lot of norm events, too. Uh, Charlotte, the Charlotte Chess Center, which is just, I mean, growing every single day, it feels like, and doing more and more and growing chess more. Uh, they have regular events, uh, 1,000 GMs in St. Louis and California doing these events. Uh, there's a, somebody in New York City doing them as well. Um, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see how this has exploded as a feature of the American chess scene. Um, so yeah, to, to me, that's, that feels like the, the biggest stories in American chess is, you know, over the board has come back, these norm events, uh, attendance at the big Swisses is coming back. I, I'm I'm excited to see, and we got all these kids coming through who are just absolute monsters. Uh, you know, Ryo Chen and Andy Woodward, and of course Abi Mishra. And you get a little older. I mean, you get you know uh, a Wonder Liang who who uh, who wrote the the story for the U.S. Championship, wink wink, uh, in Chess Life. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's a college kid, and he just had the tournament of his life in the U.S. Championship. So, future's bright. We just got to uh, just got to stay healthy and let them all uh, let them all shine. You got to shout out Christopher Yu, too. You, oh, how could I forget about my man, Christopher Yu? Yeah. Uh, beats Wesley So at the U.S. Championship. Yeah, amazing. He's, I think he's going to be one to watch at the Rapid and Blitz because he is a monster at, at quick time controls. Uh, so, yeah, it, he's, he's, he's going to be in Uzbekistan, and he's going to be playing. So let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's hope he does well. And John, do you are you privy to the overall numbers? Like I can gauge the popularity of chess through my podcast, which maybe isn't the best gauge. Um, and but how is U.S. chess membership? How and how is tournament participation? So tournament participation, over the board tournament participation, is going way back up. Um, so is I, it like I, higher th than 2018 or lower? Do you know? There was some statistic I saw a couple months ago where basically we were already back for one month, and it, it varies from month to month because you know you've got like the spring is real big for scholastic tournaments, and so you, the numbers get pumped up that way. But I think it was September or October where we had like our one of our best months ever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that's a good sign. Membership uh, is not completely back to where we were right before the pandemic. We were almost at a hundred thousand before the pandemic, um, bef before you know it first started. Uh, we are not quite back there yet, but we're very well on our way. Uh, and you know, this is, I mean. You know, anyone who would listen to the podcast I did right when the pandemic happened with you, Ben, I mean, we were scared. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way around it. I mean, you know, all of a sudden nobody's renewing and we have no idea how long this is going to go on. Um, but we had good stewardship from our leadership, from our executive director, Carol Meyer, and from our board. Um, the PPP loans from the U.S. government were a godsend. And through, you know, careful management, we've come through this pretty well. Uh so, you know, uh, if you've read the magazine in recent months, we're, we're adding staff 
to to meet the needs of our members, uh, membership staff. Um, shout out to my man JJ Lang Chessfields, who is now Lang. working uh, now working for our publications uh, for our communications department, doing a lot of online stuff. Uh, so you know we're 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 getting to where we need to be to to really take this to the next level. And you said uh, Tati Rabrahamian is going to be writing a column too. Way to break news there, uh, Ben. Yeah, this yep. is, uh, by the time you hear this, it'll almost be time to announce. But yeah, Tatev is uh, writing a column uh, called Getting to Work, where she will, at least at the beginning, for the first, I think we've mapped out, like, at least the first year, sort of, of topics. But it'll be how to, basically, how to do adult improver things, like how to work on tactics, how to find a coach, um, you know how how to study how to use uh, how to use chess programs how to think about engines all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm super excited to have Tatev do it. She, if if any of you see the Spice Chess games, uh, which the the Spice Cup is going on right now, look at her round three game. Uh, that Queen F3 move she played. Oh, like, you know, <laughs> it's, okay. she's a beast. I mean, this this was oh, it was such a beautiful game, and the, the, to see this move, if. Maybe we can put this in the show notes or something, Ben, but this move was insane. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to have Tatev on board and uh, excited to see what she's going to do in the coming months. Excellent. Yeah, shout out to Tatev. You can hear more about her background uh, in, the, in the archives of Perpetual Chess, uh, among other places. But yeah, I'll, I'll be excited to read her column. And it's fun to see, as I talked about with her in, in our last interview, like she's been like the, the consummate chess professional slash freelancer where she does some lessons, but she has some free time. And uh, as we last talked, I believe she still works with with the startup ChessUp in um, in Missouri. Um, shout out to ChessUp, who makes like uh, chess sets that you can that interface with uh, with um, the digital platforms. But she suddenly had to grapple with like nine to five uh, yeah. at slash chess professional, which is, uh, you know, it was a good opportunity for Tatyev, but it was a brave new world too. I think that actually gives her a good perspective because, yeah, you know, I mean, what is it like to try to improve at her level um, while also working the nine to five? Um, yeah, and and by all accounts, it sounds like her employers, you know, are very understanding. And part of the deal is that she can go play the U.S. Championship and play the the Olympiad and things like that. But but still, it's it's definitely a different perspective uh, than someone like, you know, um, Caruana might have if he were to do an adult improver thing. I mean, not that he would probably because he's got better things to do, but. There's a different perspective that will be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, um, cool. Well, glad to hear that U.S. Chess is almost back. Uh, I did have a Patreon question just about the general trajectory of chess. And by the way, uh, Patreon subs um, can submit questions for guests or submit general questions, and you don't have to include your name. Uh, this, you know, this person not really looking to get name checked, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but in terms of my overall impression of uh, the uh, trajectory of chess i'll say the podcast it's been a, a crazy few years i mean it it more than doubled uh in the light of pandemic and queen's gambit and then it took a big hit as people went back to work and you know circa early 2022 and then it saw a big spike around the hans neiman stuff <laughs> um and then some of those listeners didn't didn't stick around shout out to anyone who did but the bottom line is the podcast itself has found a you know sustainable level. I don't know, something like twelve to fourteen thousand listeners per episode. Wow! Um, and uh, and it, it's relatively finding a steady state. Um, and uh, and 
chess generally, I feel like obviously there's massively more popular creators, but I do think that that's a reasonable proxy for what's happened. This is just me spitballing, but I feel like chess had exponential growth uh, in the Queen's Gambit. Some of that growth was given back, but my impression is that it's, you know, if you take it like over five year by five year blocks, chess is more popular than it's ever been. If you take it by one year over one year blocks, uh, maybe not. But overall, yeah. it's, uh, I'm optimistic about the future of chess. Any concerns about cheating and monopolies, uh, notwithstanding? <laughs> no, this. I mean, that's a lot of insider baseball. I mean, that that really is like you know th- these are high level concerns that normal chess fans shouldn't have because yeah yeah just enjoy uh, the game, just enjoy it. And and I I do want to give you a lot of credit, Ben, because. Um, as someone who does a podcast once a month or tries to do a podcast once a month, um, it is a pain. <laughs> like, like the preparation and even just finding a time to talk to people. Like, you know, the the people I try to talk to are usually are, are there are the people who write our cover stories. Uh, so it's cover stories with Chess Live. You can find it on your favorite podcast purveyor. Uh, I just had one with um, Golrok Begum Tokir Genova. Very enjoyable interview. She, oh my god, is such a delight. And, and like, you know, incredibly strong chess player, but like personally, just a lovely human being. Yeah. Um, and it really came through. I was so happy with that. So she's also playing in the Rapid and Blitz and, and maybe she'll uh, write about it for us. We're, we're trying to negotiate that at this point. But yeah, did you do this every week? I mean, my God, Ben, <laughs> you deserve I mean, a medal. <laughs> I, I've mentioned before, I love it. So um, yeah, the scheduling and stuff like that, that can be frustrating at times. And like, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge attention to details guys. So sometimes I forget to, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, forget to update one web page or another. But, but I mean, in terms of like, to have my job be to sit and talk chess with people, I, I cannot complain. It's a dream come true. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I, I, I feel very much the same way. I mean, you know, for, I, I'm, I mean, to get to, to get to be editor of Chess Life, like that is, I mean, if you told the 12 year old me that I, I would have, I don't know what I would have done, but I probably would have been a lot of profanity and like you're lying and there's no way that'll ever happen. And, and why are you from the future? And how do you know these things? Are you the Terminator? <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, no, it's, it's, it's very fortunate. I, I, I feel incredibly blessed in, in about 80 different ways. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, John, f- only for the hardcores, uh, I'm going to give a update on my tournament chess game and invite you to do the same. But before Ooh. we do the only for the hardcores, is there any chess news that we should cover for the, you know, general listening populace who knows better than to care about how my chess games are going? Uh, I think we've covered the big stories. I mean, you know, there's, there's interesting tournaments coming up. I'll, I'm going to, I'm excited to see what uh, Tata Steel is going to be like. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's going to be nice. They, they've got. A, I like all the young talents in. in that's Tata why Steel. it's my favorite tournament of the year, and that's yeah. exactly why because they bring in they bring in the the top kids and give them a shot at at the at the leading pros, and and then it's it's mayhem. So yeah, it's like Pragananda, Gukesh, um, uh, Magnus is in it. Uh, um, the, 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 as the Uzbek always. kids, uh, Van Forest. How do you say that? Nota, whatever his name, Ab, Ab, Abdusatarov. Yeah. That, thank you for saying that. Um, Mishra is playing in the uh, the B group, I think. Uh, so I'm I'm super. I mean, it's going to be great. I, I just that's that is definitely my favorite tournament of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that one as well. That's coming up in uh, mid to late January, and actually uh, going to try to have a correspondent on the scene, breaking some news here. Um, mm. So uh, uh, more on that 
later. I mean, it'll just be enveloped in the regular podcast, but uh, we'll try to have a reporter too uh, from Tata Steel. Um, so yeah, that that should be fun as well, as well as whatever chess.com is cooking up in terms of online events uh, to be determined and uh, should be interesting. So uh, goodbye to all you sane people, any of you crazy people who want to know uh, how my chess is going. Um, I played uh, 36 rated games this year, I believe, give or take. I just looked at the number of tournaments and my goal was to play 50 rated games this year. Uh, I did a talk with Jesse Cry on Chess Dojo's YouTube channel a few months back where we got into some more detail. I've also done a couple of interviews on uh, Chess Journey. Shout out to Kevin, the host, uh, about my chess playing misadventures. Um, and so my goal was to play 50 games. I didn't meet the goal. I'm not I'm not uh, torn up about it. You know, I'm a, I'm a working dad. You know, I consider 36 pretty decent. Uh, I was hoping to gain some rating. My long-term goal is to get my USF rating back to 2200, where it has not been for many years. Um, and John, my rating going into the year was 2124. Guess what my rating is coming out of the year? I'm going to guess 2125. 2124. You give me too much credit. Ah, uh, so, well, hey, at least you, <laughs> hey, stasis so, at our age is not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, they call it a hamster wheel. And if ever, <laughs> if ever uh, one wanted to prove it, they could just look at my results. But, you know, I can cherry pick and have reasons for optimism. I've mentioned before, I play better in slow time controls. I play rapid just when it's the only thing I can get to. Um, and yeah, I probably lost 30 points in rapid and actually in classical. Uh, showed some decent progress and hoping to continue to play uh, eyeing e either or both of the Liberty Bell Open and the U.S. Amateur Team East. Uh, John, how's your chess game? Awful. <laughs> um, I have probably shed, I've shed about 80 points. Uh, so the only tournament chess I have played in, uh, since the pandemic began um, I played, I played a quad at the U.S. Open. I did relatively well there. Uh, but then we've got our weekly club back here in Omaha, we, uh, the Jack Spence Chess Club. Uh, so I named my affiliate at my club after Jack Spence, who was a, a, a great early uh, transmitter of, of games that might otherwise have been lost. Uh, he, for, for, the, for the book fans out there, you know him because he's got those those blue uh, spiral comb books that he did on Mimeo machines back in the day. Like we wouldn't have all the U S open games that we have if it wasn't for Jack Spence. So we got our club back. Um, and yeah, I not play chess good now. Um, and there, I think there are reasons for that. I've not um, work has been a lot. <laughs> and so I've been very burned out. Um, but I also think I'm studying the wrong things. Mm -hmm. I need to go back to simple things and, and you know, um, looking at complete games and and uh, trying to sort of see chess as an organic whole as opposed to uh, puzzle after puzzle that you need to solve. So Yeah, that's important. And that's what I've, this has come up a decent amount on the pod recently, but that's what I get from playing is that's the reminder I get that, yes. that there's a beginning, middle and end and you can't... Uh, you know, if you take it apart too much, uh, something gets lost in the translation when you actually try to play. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't help that, um, you know, we, we play weekly on Wednesdays here in Omaha. And so it's, you know, 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock. And if we're playing like three games a night by that last game, I'm just done. Um, I can't see the board anymore. And I feel like, you know, I've 
lost any knowledge I ever had of the game. But yeah, these are all yeah. excuses. And at the end of the day, um, you know, fortunate to be playing chess, hoping to do better, but also resigned to the fact that I'm 46 years old and, uh, you know, have ongoing health problems. And uh, it is what it is. Yeah, not not the most important thing in the world. No. Um, and, and yeah, for anyone, I, again, don't know why you would be, but if you're interested in my training regimen, I try. I got this new app called Streak that I recommend. Obviously, it's similar to Chessable or many other things, but um, it's just a free app where you just tap it every day when you do something. Uh, so I've got uh, vitamins because I'm old like John. Um, <laughs> meditation because I'm trying to regain a meditation practice from years ago. Um, and chest study at least 15 minutes a day and i you know the streaks already come and gone a couple times in each of them but i did have like a 25 day streak and uh in terms of tactics i'm in the the chest dojo uh cohort and doing the polgar book when i can motivate to get out the book doing puzzle trainer when i can't and again the goal is 15 the goal is minimum 15 minutes a day 45 minutes on a good day it tends to be 15 minutes more often than 45 minutes but i'm also working on my openings um i decided to give up on the nimzo indian john this is breaking news uh, I, shout out to Nate Solon. Shots he was right. Fired. It's just impractical for a, a non-professional because it comes up such a small percentage of the games. Um, so really, I, I, I think uh, this might be a small sample size because I've been getting it a lot, and and uh, and it it might be a small sample size for both of us. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something that stuck with me when when Nate. I think he either tweeted it or wrote it on Zwischenzug. It stuck with me when he said it, and then I've just noticed that it happens so seldom and then I don't know the lines. So maybe, as you say, maybe it's, uh, yeah, no, it's... Nate is, um, you know, so Nate now lives here in Omaha. So right. we actually have a, a titled player, um, native to our, 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 our state at this point, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, he, he actually has a lot of very thoughtful things to say about openings. And, um, I've, I've, I'm not trying to, I don't know if I'm breaking news here or not, but I, he's been working on a, uh, a chessable course and i've seen some of it it's sick i mean it's, yeah. it's and, and the thing i like about it is also it's something that is digestible and manageable uh so anything nate has to say about openings i i take very very seriously yeah uh, likewise um so yeah i also review openings uh on a daily basis i don't really count that as my chess study but i do do it here and there and but as i've said uh as i said uh in the joel sneed pod recently for me I've what what playing a decent amount this last year has reminded me is that playing is the best way for me to improve uh, whether yes. whether it happens or not. But uh, but it's the best hope I have. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, OK, well, John, um, I guess uh, for for listeners who haven't heard like all of John's prior interviews, he got his start uh, writing about chess as an amazing book reviewer. He's, his archive is still online uh, of lots of the classic books. Uh, so he knows his chess books like few others. Uh, so last thing before we let you go, John, I would be remiss if I didn't ask if you've I mean, I know you're super busy, but have you have you managed to check out any new books lately? I have been checking out books. I, so I do not get books anymore from the publishers. They go to our book reviewer, uh, international master John Watson, uh, who certainly uh, is only one only one of the many reasons to subscribe to Chess Life. By the way, we won uh, Chess Magazine of the Year this year from the Chess Journalists of America. So uh, definitely a, a good reason to subscribe. Yeah, even if you're not in the U.S., you can get the digital yep, version. you can, and you, well, you can get the print version too. Um, it ends up being there's a twenty-five dollar surcharge, but we send it anywhere in the world. So it's still cheaper than New and Chess or American Chess Magazine when you figure 
you're getting 12 issues, um, including the USGS membership, and still cheaper. So just putting that plug out there. Um, it has been a big year for, for books. Uh, there's been a lot that I have not looked at, um, but these are some of the ones I have looked at. I actually went, and they're sitting right here. <laughs> I pulled them off the shelf. So I'm going to take a look at these real quick. Um, might as well go by publisher. Uh, Russell Enterprises uh, has done two books that I'm really, really excited about. So they took uh, Reinfeld's Immortal Games of Capablanca and translated it into algebraic and put it out there at a reasonable price. So, you know, Reinfeld's books get a lot of stick for, you know, beginner's books or, um, you know, there's much better now that the engine just destroys them. Okay. I mean, you know, chess literature has moved on. And, uh, you know, certainly you can punch holes in, in any book. I mean, I know somebody who was telling me they were punching holes. Their, their 2300 student was punching holes in Ramesh's book. Um, you know, the, the calculation book from Newman Chess, which is, uh, you know, very popular this year. I think uh, definitely a, an excellent book for people who are working on that sort of thing. That said, uh, I think the Reinfeld book fills a need. I, I think there's not a lot of short, understandable books about great players. And this is it. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of fluff. It's uh, here's what happened. Here's some moves to think about. Here are the games. And it's, you know, it's it's something that you could sit down and over the course of a month or two play over 100 of of, Reinfeld, uh, of uh, Capablanca's best games and, and, and learn something along the way. Uh, Robert Sherwood also did a new edition of the, the tournament book on Cambridge Springs 1904. This one's definitely for the hardcore. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of games by players that you may not have heard of, but the, the analysis is good. He combed a lot of sources and, and the games are fascinating. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're a completist, if you like tournament books, this is, this is one of the better ones to come out recently. Um, there's a player named Albert Fox who, who played in that tournament. Not many people know about John Hilbert just published a, uh, I mean, it's like 600 pages, a book on this American player who led a fascinating life, on and off the board, uh, great tactical player, matched wits with the best players in you know in in America, but was also like a diplomat and a newspaper man and led a really interesting life. Uh, that one's out from Moravian Chess, so it might be hard to find. But uh, for the historians out there, I think John did a, a bang up job, and uh, we'll actually be doing a Wednesday workout on the web on the US Chess website. Every Wednesday we do like a a, a set of um, tactics puzzles. And we also uh, have just started providing a downloadable PDF so that you can print it out and then look at the diagrams and then solve them. Uh, And that's free. So like anybody in the world, if you're listening every Wednesday or most Wednesdays, come to uschess.org, you'll get free puzzles to solve. Um, We're going to do it based on some of the games that are in the Fox book. Uh, Let's see what else. Uh, New in Chess. New in Chess put out uh, Kvalik's Kvalik's Memoirs. It yeah. is, um, I'm, I'm a little sad that it sort of ends where it does because I, and, I mean, unfortunately he passed away before he could finish it. Uh, but it ends like in 1993 when right about the point when he broke with Nigel Short. But, you know, like learning about Kovalik's life, how, you know, what it was like to live under communism, how he escaped, how he made a living, um, his encounters with all these people it, and, and the games themselves. I mean, Kovalik, I didn't know Kovalik's games before. And I mean, not that I really know them <laughs> But at least I looked at some of the games and I mean, he was a brilliant tactical player, a romantic, you know, I mean, life's almost like tall in some ways. Um, just great book. 
you know, it's a, it's a shame it ended the way it did, sort of cut off, but but definitely worth reading. And uh, the games are, you know, the games are fantastic. I just know Gufeld Kavalik, one of the craziest games of all time. If I- uh, John Watson, actually, I think I believe that is in the December or January issue in his review. Okay. Um, so he did a review of the book, and that's in there along with another game. Was it Portish? Portish Kavalik, I think. I, I could and- be. And for listeners not familiar with uh, Kavalik's legacy, he was, as John alluded to, Czech-American player who emigrated from the uh, Czech, well, Czechoslovakia um, before it collapsed and came to the U.S. and made a career as a journalist, just an elegant speaker, beautiful writer. He had a chess column in the Washington Post for a long time. Um, and then Huffington Post somehow yep. he was doing a chess column. I don't know how that happened. Um, so, uh, so yeah, to, to have a memoir from this uh, elo- eloquent uh, chess figure who had like, so you know, knew all the legends, played all the legends, um, even if it's incomplete, I'm certainly excited to, uh, yeah, to check it's, it out. It's definitely well worth a read. Yeah. Um, so Michal Marin had two really interesting books. One of them was with Quality Chess on uh, Bent Larson. Coming soon to the pod, Michal Marin. Uh, well, I asked him about his other book. So the other book is the one I'm actually really fascinated by. Uh, it's put out by like a Spanish publisher I'd never heard of, um, but it's on Samagin, uh, Vladimir oh, okay. Samagin. And um, I mean, you know, I'm assuming this is a book that he wrote because he found Samagin's games and were interested in them and, and just wrote this book. But I mean, the games are fascinating and it's someone that most most chess fans don't know anything about. Um, so I'd be very curious to hear like why he did this and, and how he came to publish with this publisher. Okay. Uh, I'll have to track it down and do some prep. Thank you. I would have, uh, yeah. would have shown um, up. I've already read the, the Larson book, but I would have shown up, uh, unprepared. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's hard to find in America. I think I had, I had to order it from, from the publisher, but, um, definitely, yeah, definitely should try to get it. Um, Agard, Jakob Agard, uh, also him. with quality chess. You've heard of that guy. Yeah, his matter of endgame technique. I mean, that's I mean, that's got to be book of the year, right? It's amazing. Yeah, it's I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe he wrote that much on top of it's, his other responsibilities. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I, I think, I, I think he just like saves up training material and then like you know is able to find ways to use it later. But um, I mean, you know, this this is a book definitely for stronger players. It's probably um, one of the things I've learned since I started reviewing many, many years ago is that it's important to know the level that you're at and that, that, that you should be reading at. Um, this is an entertainment book for me. I'm, I'm yeah. probably not going to learn, you know, a whole lot about basic endings, which is the sorts of things that at my level I need to know, like how to, you know, how to convert a rook and pawn ending. Like that's not in this book, but there's a lot of interesting sort of philosophical thoughts about how to handle different positions. Uh, there's like three pages in the middle of the book where he talks about how to deal with theory which I think is really, really valuable. Um, and the positions are just fun. Like sometimes it's fun to just set up a position and just bang your head against it. And, and you know, I mean, if you don't learn anything, that's okay. Like, or, you know, if you don't learn anything actionable is what I'm trying to say. Like, uh, you know, if it's something that you, you, you get some ideas from and maybe you store them away and maybe you can use them, maybe you can't, I, I think that's worth the money too. So a uh, great book, something you will get uh, hours and hours and hours and days of content out of uh for the purchase price and then i think the the last book and uh, well two actually two books i should mention uh from new in chess thomas willemsey's 1001 chess endgame exercises okay um it is not a chess endgame book i don't know why they gave it this title i think they get well i think they gave it this title for marketing purposes 
Um, it is basically like puzzles in the chess steps or step and method tradition. Oh, okay. And so it's not quite end games. It's like reduced material on the board, but you're going to learn how to do tactics in a more clear way using the sort of terminology you get in the steps. Um, so if you're a steps person or if you're looking to learn tactics uh, in, a, in a very nice way, a very clear way, I think that's a good book. And what, uh, what her- level do you think? Uh, I mean, it starts with like mate and ones. So, okay. I mean, it's mate and ones, you know, um, mate and twos, you know, win a piece in two moves or get a tactic in two moves. Then it goes up to three moves. And then at the end, I think there's some tests for like, you know, uh, slightly longer variations. So I, I think, you know, even, even relative beginners could get something out of this book. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I'm trying to use some of the positions, some of the, or mate, uh, you know, the, the mate and one stuff, the, like the, the very, very basic stuff with my daughter, um, because she's starting to play chess, and uh, yeah, it's 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 nice to have this resource. So okay. definitely worth checking out. Uh, the last book, I know I'm taking a lot of time, but um, from Elkin Ruby, the third volume in the uh, Masterpieces and Dramas of the Soviet Championships. I think this one only covers like four or five years, um, but what a four and five years it was! You know, like right when Stalin dies and. Uh, you know, it's like 49 to 53 or something. And, and you know, the games are great. Uh, I still have trouble with the layout because there's a lot of voices that are being quoted and it's not always easy to tell what's being cited and who's doing the talking. Um, but, I mean, you know, for the content, if you're interested in chess history and, and Soviet history in particular, I mean, th- these books are just fantastic. So Okay. Yeah, and I, I as came up in the recent book pod with Karsten Hansen, yeah, those books are revered and they're high on my list of uh, uh, highly praised books that I haven't gotten to yet. I've uh, I've not got to I've not you know Carson is one of our columnists. Um, I've not gotten to listen to that podcast yet, so I'm interested to hear what he came up with for the for the underrated books of the year. Yeah, uh, it wasn't of the year; it was just generally. But yeah, just underrated some, books, some deep cuts for sure. And, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm, that may be on my agenda for uh, for sometime this weekend. Excellent. All right, well, John, it's been fun as always. Thanks for for joining. Uh, uh, anything to add before we say our goodbyes other than subscribe to us chess uh, become a us chess member uh, read chess life um, follow me at uh, on twitter at hartman chess for as long as twitter lasts right uh, until it inevitably implodes under its own weight um, and and if there's uh, if it looks like it's going down i've got a link tree in my twitter handle and you'll be able to find me other places there Okay. And, and thanks for listening, everyone. Always appreciate that people make time for the podcast, you know, get a little uh, sentimental here at the end of the year. So yeah, I, I hope you all had a good year and wish you all a uh, happy and safe new year. And we've got a fun interview coming next week, already recorded with uh, Grandmaster Jonathan Spielman, going deep on uh, his time in different world championship cycles, working with Anand, uh, why he thinks Ivanchuk is the the most talented player he's ever seen. So it's a fun one to look forward to. And uh, take care, everyone. And uh, goodbye for now. Bye. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. Big shout out to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media, Beneficial1 on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me, ben at perpetualchesspod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters. Those who choose to join that community based on their level of support support 
can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show, going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free perpetual chess if that's your preference. So, But most of all, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will catch you all on the... Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.